Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. This is a continuation of what we discussed uh, yesterday on the channel. Now, what happened yesterday uh, some comments came out by former Chicago Bull and Detroit Piston, uh, Dennis Rodman. Now, if any of you remember, Dennis Rodman was one of the central figures in the last Dance docuseries that was released in 2020. And ever since the release of that docuseries, Scottie Pippen has gone on a world tour of essentially attacking Michael Jordan at every juncture uh, over the last two years. Right. And he and, and he did it in ways that really sent a jolt through the entire sports community and it caught a lot of people off guard including michael jordan himself to all uh reports and we heard various people like uh, charles oakley uh and others say that that bridge had been like had, had been burned down to the ground so what happened yesterday some comments came out by dennis rodman where he was asked uh to give his opinion on what he thought um about the last dance and ultimately what he thought about the fallout um, you know, between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. So for those of you who don't remember his comments, we want to quickly play them. It's only about a minute or so. So we want to quickly play that for you. And then we'll come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Dennis Rodman had to say yesterday. Dennis Rodman gets honest on Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen beef. It continues on. Scottie Pippen has been before Michael Jordan since the last dance documentary came out. And Dennis Rodman has now shared his thoughts on the situation. It's a lot of things that happened over the last couple of years, Rodman said. So I think Scottie's a little bitter and Michael's more laid back and say, okay, like whatever, but they're going to work it out. Rodman also claimed that Pippen and Jordan were on great uh, terms during the final season together with the Chicago Bulls. The 60 year old stated that the, the two always hung out and traveled with, with each other uh, back then. So you heard what Dennis Rodman had to say. Now, as I was scouring through the Internet, I came across a show or a segment uh, from Stephen A. Smith's show. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith is one of the most plugged in people uh, in the sports industry. And Stephen A. Smith um, was kind of weighing in on what Dennis Rodman said. And after Stephen A. Smith kind of weighed in on the topic, he essentially said that, listen, he doesn't know what Dennis Rodman is talking about. This relationship is going to be fractured forever. And what he did was he exposed all of the details, the messy details of how 
this situation got to the place it is in today. So what we want to do is want to play what Stephen A. Smith had to say as he takes us behind the scenes. And then we're going to come back and react to his comments. Take a listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say here. Personally speaking, it's crazy and insane as Dennis Rodman has been over the years. I've always liked Dennis Rodman. Uh, but now I'm wondering whether or not you were ever Michael Jordan's teammate. You helped him the three championships were crying out loud. Second go round. But I'm wondering if you ever knew him. Because I can assure you, that relationship is dead. Michael Jordan may be cordial. Michael Jordan will be complimentary about the things that Scottie Pippen did for him as a teammate. Michael Jordan may never fail to recognize Scottie Pippen's greatness and the fact that he would not have won six championships without Scottie Pippen's assistance. But please, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake when I say this. There ain't no friendship there. And if Dennis Rodman thinks that everything's going to be cool, you don't know MJ. Scottie Pippen's done when it comes to MJ. I don't give a damn what anybody says. It's just my personal opinion. I've known MJ for many years. I consider him a friend and a brother. Cute dog in the house. Omega sci-fi all day, every day. Let me tell you something. I kind of know the brother a little bit. Nah, it ain't going down like that. Scottie Pippen was overly sensitive to the last dance. Scottie Pippen clearly had harbored a level of bitterness that he had held inside for quite a long time. He signed a contract that he was advised by owner Jerry Reinsdorf himself not to sign, and he did it anyway. He was told he was going to be shortchanged. He did it anyway. He was bitter, just like they told him he was going to feel bitter. He did it anyway. And then afterward, obviously, he felt like Jordan should have facilitated him making money. Jordan will tell you he did facilitate Scottie Pippen making money with Nike, with the Jordan brand. But, but Scottie didn't want to listen. He wanted to do his own thing. All of that. There's nothing to have animus or acrimony over. But when the last dance came out and Scottie Pippen walked around with the bitterness, and then he came out with the book and he talked about how it took him a while before he gave Michael Jordan his condolences after his father had passed away. What everybody bypassed and what I had revealed on first take live on ESPN television is that Michael Jordan thought that so much was going on that it was just an afterthought. He didn't know until the last dance that Scottie Pippen had purposefully neglected to extend his condolences to Michael Jordan for all that Michael Jordan had gone through when he lost his father. He didn't know that there was so much animosity for him that Scottie Pippen was negligent intentionally in terms of extending his condolences. And when he realized that all of these years later, when the last dance came out during COVID, when the games, when the season was halted for four months, 
And Last Dance was the only thing that we had going on on sports television. And my God, was it a savior? Because we love tuning into that stuff. Michael Jordan personally said to me and personally told me to go on television and say, I didn't know it was like that. I understand now how he really feels about me. I hope everything he's saying about me, in his book rather, when his book came out, I'm sorry, not doing the last since when his book came out, he said, I hope everything he's saying about me was worth it. It ain't no coming back from that with the MJ. I promise you that. I promise you that. He'll be cordial. Won't be rude. We ain't got to fight. You grown men. Ain't nothing like that. But I'm talking about that bond, a level of trust, that friendship, that inner sanctum and inner circle. Ain't no coming back from that with MJ. It's a misnomer when people say, oh, my goodness, you can't say nothing bad about MJ. Please. I've argued with MJ on many occasions. We butted heads in terms of our disagreement in a very friendly and brotherly way. I love this brother. Gotten to know him, honored to call him a friend and a brother. We disagree sometimes, all the time. He'll get on the phone, don't say this, don't say that. I know you don't disagree with me. That It's all in fun. But you know why? Because he don't care about agree or disagree. What he cares about is betrayal. Don't smile in his face and say one thing and do something different behind his back. Or go on television and do something different than what you represented yourself to be when you called him. Or fail to call him at all before you represent yourself in a different way than what you conveyed to him. He don't play that. And I'm good with it. Because I'm the same way. It's over between him and Scottie Pippen. Don't even waste your time thinking about it. So you heard what Stephen A. Smith uh, said there. First of all, I agree with everything that he said in terms of why he believes that this relationship is going to be permanently fractured. I think everything that he said makes 100% sense. And I think Michael Jordan was caught off guard. I thought he, I think he was blindsided. By some of the things that Scottie Pippen, uh, some of the things that Scottie Pippen was saying about him publicly. Why do I say this? Prior to the Last Dance docuseries, every time we saw Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, they were always smiling and laughing. There's even a video when Michael Jordan was watching a game uh, at the Charlotte Hornets in the skybox, and Scottie Pippen comes behind him, and then they start laughing and hugging. So they really seem like friends, and I think that Jordan viewed Scottie as a friend. That's number one. Number two, Jordan always had positive things to say about Scottie Pippen in public. As a matter of fact, when Scottie Pippen was being inducted into the Hall of Fame, it was Michael Jordan that was standing right there as one of the people that inducted him in. Michael freaking, this big bad wolf is the person that was there inducting Scottie Pippen into the Hall of Fame. Whenever they ask Michael Jordan to name his favorite players and players he'd want to play with, the first person he always would call upon is Scottie Pippen. So for Jordan to hear Scottie essentially trashing him and getting personal with him in front of the cameras in the public, I think was something that caught, I think it was something that caught him off guard. And for Scotty to admit in his book that he harbored some feelings and it's the reason why he delayed to kind of 
expresses condolences to Jordan after his father passed, I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, it would break any camel's back. So why would this situation come back? Why would it? Why would it? Scotty seems so bitter towards MJ. And the question we all have to ask is, what did Jordan do, do to him? Are you going to tell me that all of this is because of what was said in the last dance docuseries? Are you really going to tell me this is what all of all of this was about? If that was the case, why was Scotty saying all of those? Why was Scotty going back to their playing days and saying saying various things about MJ? If it if 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 all of it if all of it was only about the last dance. Help me figure it out. If it's only about the last dance, why does everything that he's been saying about Jordan go back to when they were teammates? So if you felt this way about Jordan and he was such a despicable human being, why did you bother even participating in the last dance? Or are you telling me that you despise him so much, but you were willing to put away your feelings of negative negative negativity towards him to maybe get some shine and make some money out of it? Is that is that what I'm trying to figure out here? So he's only bad up until the time it comes to make some money with him. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. I see no reason for Michael Jordan to want to extend his hand or try to resolve that situation. For what? For what? If you feel this way about me, why don't you just give me a call? Or hell, send me a text message. Let's argue over text messages and send voice notes. You need to take it to the public and do all of these different things. Really? So listen, I 100% agree with Stephen A. Smith. And the reason I'm going to give his words credibility is because he knows the parties involved. He knows the parties involved. I think Scottie Pippen in this particular instant did it to himself. The one person you decided to throw under the bus is the person that, is, that, that came to your defense and your aid for decades. And that's the guy. Imagine. You want to take a billionaire. And that's the person you want to go after. Just think about it. The most beloved NBA player of all time, that's the guy you're going after. And what was supposed to happen at the end? You were supposed to what? Change hearts and minds? The entire thing backfired on him. And to quote what Stephen A. Smith said, he said, I hope, uh, Jordan probably said, I hope you got what you, whatever it is you were looking for out of all of this. If it was some damn money or something like that. Just imagine that. You got to do all of these different things, man, to your former teammate. To me, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think Scottie Pippen took the took the biggest L in the last five years in the sports industry with this madness that he tried to pull off with Michael Jordan. These are my thoughts. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Let me get into this topic here. Now, this is this this topic is one of the most request topics I've been getting over the last two days. We have I'm receiving messages on the channel. I'm receiving messages on Instagram. Hey, man, what do you think about this Dwight Howard situation? What do you think about this Dwight Howard situation? And I'm like, did y'all did y'all hear this situation? Like, did y'all did y'all really hear this story? To me, this story is so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous that I just want to focus on this from the NBA aspect. There are other people that are going to get into the gory details and all of those stuff. That's none of them. I'm not happy. I have zero interest. The White Howard is a grown man. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do. I have zero interest in what another guy is doing in his personal life, to be quite honest with you. So I don't even want to get into those details because I personally don't care one way or the other. However, I want to focus on the NBA aspect of it. Why am I saying this? Yesterday, Stephen A. Smith touched on this topic. 
And as you guys know, Stephen A. Smith is an insider. He knows everybody. He's plugged in and all of these things, right? And he started to reveal the 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 shocking reason why NBA teams decided not to touch Dwight Howard. Now, as you guys know, Dwight Howard recently tried to make a comeback to the NBA, and he was even worked out by the Golden State Warriors. I actually thought that the Warriors were going to pick him up, given the fact that he's a big body, he can play defense, uh, he's a veteran, and he adds more depth to their to their you know to their bench, right? So I thought it was a no brainer, but then. We heard subsequently that the Warriors decided not to extend a contract to Dwight Howard. And that was that. And then this scandal came out. And I was like, I mean, I heard it and I was like, bro, what? But I didn't bother to go too much into it. So I was listening to Stephen A. Smith yesterday and he kind of covered the, the, the details that I'm not going to get into. But then he started talking about it from an NBA angle. And he started to explain why he believes teams did not decide to touch Dwight Howard. And I was a bit surprised to hear his reasoning because it was something I had never considered. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Stephen A. Smith had to say about why he believes NBA teams did not sign Dwight Howard. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say here. Other than that, let me tell you what came to my mind when I thought about this. That's why teams didn't want them. That's why teams didn't want them. Now, whether they're going to admit it or not, and I'm not going to mention teams because I don't want to incriminate anybody or accuse anybody of something I simply don't know. I'm guessing. What I'm saying is, is that that's the first thought that came to my mind. That's why they don't want them. Because what do I constantly try to educate y'all about as somebody that's been a reporter for 30 years? We always know more than we reveal because our intel comes from the actual sources. And so it is not beyond the realm of comprehension that a team was looking into bringing Dwight Howard with that defensive prowess that he brings to the table, that a team was not looking to bring Dwight Howard on board and then found out through their investigative process because they investigate everything that he had this court situation coming down the pipe. It's just a reasonable conclusion for me. I'm totally guessing, but it's a reasonable conclusion to deduce. That's what I look at. That's what I pay attention to. That's what I steal from why somebody wouldn't want Dwight Howard. Why wouldn't you? He runs the court like a gazelle. He can jump out of the building. He can block shots. He can defend. He ain't the offensive player he thinks he is, but he's not a scrub. But he is an elite defensive player, or at least once upon a time he was. And seeing how some of these teams struggle defensively, there's no reason why you wouldn't have Dwight Howard on your team, basketball-wise. I don't get it. At least I didn't get it. I'm just guessing. But I'm guessing that I get it now. Live your life, brother. Sorry you're in the news for this nonsense. It's quite embarrassing. But it is what it is. And by the way, when I brought up him not making it on the top 30, 75 list of all-time NBA players, it was Stan Van Gundy, former coach of Dwight Howard and the Orlando Magic in Orlando when they went to the finals. It was him. 
that went off, calling it absolutely ridiculous that Anthony Davis was on the top five seventy, top seventy-five list over Dwight Howard. That's a debatable subject as well. Who belongs in that top seventy-five list more, Dwight Howard or Anthony Davis? I guess we could answer the question, assuming that any of us can bring ourselves to talk about basketball. So you heard what Stephen A. Smith had to say there. Now, let me tell you why I think there's some credibility in what he's saying. Let's just quickly go over Dwight Howard's resume. Dwight Howard, when he was a player in the NBA, um, he made multiple uh, all-star teams. He made, he made what, uh, what is it? All-star. He was a five-time, he made, he made, he was an eight-time all-star. He won a championship in 2020. He made five all-first NBA teams, one second. So he made eight all-NBA teams. Get this. He won defensive player of the year uh, three times. He made all first defensive four times. And he was he made a defensive second team uh, one time. Then he led the league in rebounding five times. Then, the, then he led the league in blocks two times. And if you watch Dwight Howard play with the Lakers back in 2020, you could see that he was one of the major reasons the Lakers were able to capture that title with the defense he was able to play against Nikola Jokic in tandem with Anthony Davis. Dwight Howard, they would not have won that championship without without Dwight Howard, right? And when he was with the Lakers, he behaved himself. There were no issues. There were no distractions. He was just focused on uh, the job in front of him. So to hear that NBA teams are rejecting him, uh, you know, over this scandal, uh, I can understand why. Because I don't see why they would reject him from a veteran standpoint, an experience standpoint, and what he can bring to a team, especially as a defensive anchor on a second unit or a starting lineup, a guy that even has championship experience. So I believe that there's some truth to it. I 100 uh, percent believe it. Now, it's important that I reiterate uh, once again that this is Dwight Howard's business, to be quite honest with you. I have absolutely zero interest in his personal life, especially these details. If you like it, I love it, bro. Whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. To me, however, um, I don't see how he's not on an NBA roster, considering the fact that, you know, Dwight Howard keeps himself in tip top shape. I mean, he is one of the most conditioned NBA players probably in the last 20 years. If you just look at Dwight Howard, I mean, he's he's a you know, he's he takes care of himself physically and he looks like somebody that's, you don't you know, especially when he went abroad, you saw what he could still do. So to me, um, I can also understand the standpoint of NBA teams because maybe they just, they just don't want the drama and maybe they may be pending lawsuits and they don't want to be connected to that. Why? Because if you sign him and there's a pending lawsuit, then whenever it's being discussed in the papers and the tabloids and the media, there's going to be the lawsuit, there's going to be Dwight Howard, and they're going to be Dwight Howard of such and such team which may bring a negative uh, connotation to that team. And maybe that's what teams are trying to avoid. And to me, listen, I totally understand that as well. Because maybe you don't want to be connected to a story like that or that type of drama, especially where they may be some possible legal ramifications. And some of these teams may be, are maybe saying maybe it's not worth the trouble. Some people say, but what about the situation with the Lakers and Kobe Bryant? Why didn't they cut him? Well, obviously, Kobe Bryant was a totally different caliber player at that time. So the Lakers weren't just going to what cut him. And number two, he was already under contract. 
it wasn't like as if his contract had expired and he was looking for a new contract. Maybe that would have been a different conversation uh, then. But once again, um, Stephen A. Smith made me think about this from an angle that I had not considered, which was the angle he presented here. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys from the jump, I'm already annoyed. Um, funny enough, we had finished producing all the content uh, for today, and I was going through one of the posts that I put on the community last night regarding some comments that Rich Paul made. And I was reading through some of the things that people were saying. And one of our viewers was like, uh, we need a video on this. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's right. Uh, we were supposed to do a video on this because I was posting it on my Instagram uh, last night. If again, if you guys are not following me on Instagram, my name is Charles Tabansi. My handle is C-T-A-B-A-N-Z on Instagram. So I posted it on Instagram. And I was perturbed at what Rich Paul uh, was saying. Rich Paul has this obsession with controlling narratives and recreating history to fit uh, whatever message or narrative they want to prop, uh, propagate into the world. These guys are master manipulators of information. They will take an event that happened one way and then try to distort it in a totally different way to fit whatever narrative uh, that it is that they're trying to uh, create. So yesterday, um, Rich Paul went on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay, so you already know it's going to be a hugathon uh, on that show. So he goes there, and they're talking about uh, different things. And I come across a clip on Instagram, and it was featuring Rich Paul and Shannon Sharp talking about Kobe Bryant and explaining what the mama mentality was. And as a Kobe Bryant fan, as I was listening to them, I said, these guys are lying. They're literally lying. They're just making up SHI, you know what, as they go along, literally. Literally making it up. They're just making it up. So what we want to do is, I want to play what Rich Paul had to say. I want to play what Rich Paul had to say here. And then I'm just going to probably lose it in this in the show. Take a listen to that there. I'm going to get you out of here on this one. And you're the closest to the story, so you would know. What is with the vitriol of the older players towards LeBron? It seems like, and it seems like a lot of the old players don't want to give these younger, this younger generation the credit that they deserve. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of the ire is pointed at 23. Why well, do you think that is? It's really corny to me. I don't, absolutely. And I, like I said, you know, when you out there, you deal with certain things. It's, it's, it's layered, in my opinion. You got to remember, when LeBron came in, a lot of guys were still in their prime. And all the attention turned to him. In 2000, since to, all the attention, boom. $100 million contract, real $100 million, Not that fluff that be going out today. I'm talking about a $100 million contract. Never dribbled NBA basketball in NBA. They ain't never seen nothing like that. You know, Jay-Z sending a private jet when he's in the high school. We're going up to New York every weekend, every other weekend, whatever, when you could. You know right. what I'm saying? All these things, they wasn't. And so quite naturally in the neighborhood, you develop what? An envy. It's, it's, it's much easier for you to be like, man, that's some cold, man. That's, some, that's player. That's real player, man. I appreciate that. I'm, a pr I'm proud of you. That's the hardest thing to do. The easiest thing to do is what they do. 
all this, you know, you have. And then now when you give that to a media platform, and now it's even trickling down to some of the younger players. Mm -hmm. You just, they purposely don't say his name in things. Oh, I played this because of these people. But again, if you, everybody didn't always had a mama mentality. The mama mentality came after Kobe was really done. Then all of a sudden, everybody had the right. mama mentality. Because the mama but, mentality, everybody frowned upon it because yeah. they say he was ball hogging. Yeah, but when he was playing, because I was there, we said we, he wasn't hanging out with none of these guys. You know, you get what I'm saying? I do. But it, I'm not surprised because I come from it. I wish it was different, but I'm not surprised because I come from it. But what impresses me more is that guy don't do unto those what they do to him. His door's always been open. Every time you see somebody, man, what's up? Show love, et cetera. Even when there's just Is he too friction. nice? Because, too, too nice. Because Jordan, because Jordan gave the players, he played it with it, but he exactly. like, I ain't y'all. Kobe really didn't fool with But you got to understand some familiarity breed disrespect, and I tell him that sometimes. They can walk past somebody and don't even speak that make that person want to speak to you more. If you speak to that person every time, mm. it becomes, and that's that's the treatment that he gets right. sometimes. You get what I'm saying? They get on Draymond for being his friend. It's craziness, right? Right. It, but 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 again, this is this is not about that's not a athlete thing. That's a people thing, and that's why I said what I said when we were talking on first take. We have to break those sites. I'm not going to do unto those others as they've done to me. That's not just not what I come from. So you heard what Rich Paul and Shannon Sharp had to say. They basically said that the Mamba mentality is basically being rude to people, ignoring people when you walk by them, and essentially being a jerk. To them, that's what the Mamba mentality is. The other lie he told was that the Mamba mentality, the Mamba mentality started when Kobe Bryant retired. Before I even go off, I want to play some audio of the late Kobe Bryant explaining what the Mamba mentality is for the people that may be confused because Rich Paul is lying. He's lying on Kobe. He just made that up. And maybe Kobe Bryant walked past him in the hallway one day and didn't say what's up to him. And maybe that's the reason he said that. I don't know. I want to play what Kobe said when he was asked to explain the definition of the mama mentality. Take a listen to Kobe Bryant explaining uh, what the definition of the mama mentality is. Take a, take a listen to that there. Mama mentality is it's a, it's a way of life. It's not an attitude per se, but it's a way to live. It's just trying to get better every single day. It's not something where you, you know, live with like a bravado or anything like that. It's just it's just the simplest form of just trying to get better at whatever it is that you're doing. The players like Kyrie Irving, the players like Giannis, I mean, these are guys that are really working to strive to do that. And you see the improvements in their game from it. And that, that's all Mamba mentality is. It's just trying to get better every single day. The Mamba mentality simply means trying to be the best version of yourself. That's what the mentality means. It means every day you know you're trying to become better if if your job is to try to be the best basketball player you can be mm -hmm. right to do that you have to practice you have to train right you want to train as much as you can as often as you can so if you get up at 10 in the morning train at 11 right 12 
play 12. Train at 12. Train for two hours, 12 to 2. Um, you have to let your body recover. So you eat, recover, whatever. You get back out. You train, start training again at 6. Train from 6 to 8, right? And now you go home, you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Those are two sessions. Right? Now imagine you wake up at 3 and you train at 4. You go 4 to 6, come home, breakfast, relax, so-so, now you're back at it again, 9 to 11, right? Relax, and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, 2 to 4, and now you're back at it again, 7 to 9. Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four. All right. And so now you do that. And as the years go on, the separation that you have with your competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And by year five or six, doesn't matter how, what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never going to catch up. So you heard what Kobe Bryant had to say. You heard what he had to say. If you were listening carefully, you would hear Kobe say, the Mamba mentality isn't about me being a jerk or frowning in my face or being mute or being uh, rude to people. It's just about me expressing myself. And during the documentary that Kobe Bryant created, Muse, which came out eight years ago, Kobe explained when the Mamba mentality was created. And it was created in the mid 2000s during that court, you know, that allegation that he had. And he created this other personality to decompartmentalize, you know, who he was as a person and the persona he created on the court. Now, the 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 vehicle in which the Mamba mentality existed was the hard work that Kobe Bryant talked about. Simply, the Mamba mentality is striving to be the best that you can be every single day. Instead, what Rich was talking about was Kobe Bryant's personality and how it differed from that of LeBron James. How, it, how, how Jordan's personality differed from, from that of LeBron James. Rich Paul and these guys have a serious obsession with Kobe Bryant. They are obsessed with Kobe, obsessed with him. Throughout LeBron's entire career, he couldn't figure out if he wanted to be Kobe or if he wanted to be Jordan. All he did was copy. That's all. He even comes to L.A. He has like two different numbers. He comes to the NBA. He's wearing number 23. Whenever LeBron is trying to make his GOAT case and these guys are trying to make their GOAT case, they always got to bring up Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. This is their whole conversation. Kobe was, I mean, Kobe. LeBron was envious of Kobe. Rich Paul went into the thing when LeBron came into the league, there was nobody, all the attention. What is Rich Paul talking about? What exactly is Rich Paul talking about? Rich Paul is just inventing reality. When they went to Beijing and they went there for the 2008 Olympics, go listen to Chris Bosh and other players that were on that team. They said they thought they were famous until they got to China and they saw Kobe. Kobe was a global icon and they knew this. They knew this. Even one of the biggest 
uh, uh, cronies for Clutch Sports, Nick Wright, said when LeBron passed Kareem, he said, I saw more excitement out of people when Kobe passed Jordan than when LeBron passed Kareem. The reason that was was because more people loved Kobe. Kobe was more real. You saw his flaws and you saw his positives. These guys, all they do is create narrative. That is their that is their job 100%. He just told a bold-faced lie. So did Shannon. So did Shannon. So did Shannon. Talking about, oh, George, me, beans, beans. Shannon Sharp said the Kobe mentality, the Mamba mentality means chucking shots. Then that means LeBron has mastered the Mamba mentality over the last few years. Because that's all he's been doing. That means LeBron has mastered the Mamba mentality because all he did was chuck shots and take all the shots. Are you kidding me? What, what is their obsession with Kobe? What is this obsession with him? Why y'all always got to come up here and make up stories? I understand that you guys have totally fried the brains of your following, the good majority of them. Somebody left a comment on the channel just to show you how disillusioned and out of it these people are. One person said, where was all this love for Kobe when he was alive? I'm like, what? What? Kobe never had to beg anybody to love him. LeBron does. These guys are always begging for validation, for people to validate them. Tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm the best. Tell me I'm this. That means you don't believe it. Why do you always need people to validate you? It means you don't believe it. LeBron at, what, year 19 is still talking about, give me my respect. Really? 19, 18 years into the NBA, you're still talking about, can he give me my respect? What? All of the people running around, twerking it up for you all over the place, knocking over drinks, they don't give you enough love, but you need everybody? What hurts their heart is that these dudes know that MJ and Jordan were the standard. Right now, the most worn shoes in the NBA are Jordans and Kobe's. Nobody wears LeBron's except him and maybe a few people. Nobody. And when they hear other NBA players say, oh, they put Kobe, they put Jordan, he calls it hate. It's not that it's true. It's that they're hating. On, it can't be that they believe it. That can't be it. It has to be that they're hating. These guys have a sick obsession with controlling narratives and creating false stories. They just invent reality. Totally. Totally. That was an example of it. I played an audio of Rich Paul and Shannon Sharp saying what the mama mentality is. Then I played another audio or a compilation of audios of the man who created the idea telling you what the mama mentality is and is two totally different concepts. Who are you going to believe, Rich Paul? And you know there are people stupid enough watching this, this show right now that will believe Rich Paul. You, you know that. You know that. You know this. What's this obsession with Kobe? What is it? The, the jealousy that these guys have for the guy, it's deafening. It's deafening. It is deafening. You want it to be that dude so bad you talk like him. Talk about if it's high or low, I'm going to stay even. Who the hell do you think used to say that? Who the hell? 
I can't understand a dude that came into the NBA copying Jordan's powder toss, wore 23 on his back, and talking about, oh, I'm not copying nobody. I'm not trying to be nobody. I'm trying to be myself. What? These dudes, man, these dudes and their narratives are ridiculous for sports, man. I'm sorry. It's my opinion. It's nauseating. It's never really facts or reality. It's always stories, fantastical stories, flights of fancy, imaginary tales. It's like when a, when a, when a, when a freaking episode of Cinderella. I don't understand it. Kobe mentality means you just walk by people and you're not nice to them. So if Kobe was such a jackass, why do so many why did so many NBA players cover his relationship? Why? Why? Why were so many NBA players genuflecting when they met this a-hole? So many players, whenever they recount meeting Kobe, they're always in awe. Man, Kobe was like this. Kobe was Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard. The list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, all of these guys telling you stories. Damn. Damn. Oh, my Lord. I'm sick of these dudes. Oh, my God. It's nauseating. Let the man, like, just let him rest in peace. Stop lying on the dude. The mama mentality is when you walk through the hallway and you don't say hi or when you chuck a lot of shots. You must not have been watching LeBron over the last few years when he was chasing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Unreal. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.